welcome to episode 36 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. A lot been going on over the last week. Apologies that I wasn't on the last episode. Um, something about getting married on the Saturday. Um, but this week we have a full roster today. It's not just a special day because Ed Sheeran's album drops in about 18 minutes. Um, we are joined by the full set today. We're joined by Mr. David Grant. Hello, Dave. Uh, good evening, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Hope everyone's uh, well and good. You don't look so happy about the Ed Sheeran album. No, I, I didn't even know that Sheeran album was out. I was more focused on the uh, the other event happening today, which I'm a lot happy about. So uh, all's well with the world. Fair play. We're joined by the man who's still looking for his front teeth. All he wants for Christmas is mm, but it's it's Mr. <laughs> Gareth Dutton. I was going to say David Grant again. Hello, Gareth. How are you doing? Hey, Joe. I'm I'm all right. Are you all right? Um, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. <laughs> And then we're joined by the man, the legend, that is Mr. Andy Stafford himself. Andy, how are we doing? Hello, Joe. I'm not so bad, thank you. Good, good. Good, good. So, again, um, we, we, we're just about getting used to the fact that the airport is, is, is fully open and uh, we're getting a, a fair few arrivals at the moment. I think we've got 13 to run through today, so we'll go straight into that. Uh, the first, Dave, uh, Cardiff have announced a few re-signings at their recent summit. Do you want to run through those three? I uh, suppose we ought to, yeah. So um, three of the the players that they, they announced at the summit in Calgary, uh, players who was vital to their playoff uh, championship the season gone, is a uh, Matt Pope forward, who um, this first season for them, uh, Stephen Dixon, within Port was his first year, and he seems to have been there for many years, apart from his time in Nottingham and North America. Matthew Myers, local boy, has re-signed for the Devils. Three players, three different roles, three as important parts of the cog that nearly won them the three-peats, but also won them the playoffs last season. Yeah, it's. I think the, the Matty Myers signing is a, a key one for Cardiff. Obviously, he knows the league very well. Um, coming back off a winning the playoffs, almost winning the league, did well with GB. Hopefully, he can get that spot again. For me, I think if him or Stephen Dixon signing, re-signing, I probably that two of their key signing re-signings for the the seasons ahead. My name is Matt Pope. Um, just looking at his stats right now. Last season, 44 uh, points in 60 games. That's very good. The season before that, uh, 52 games and 57 points. Uh, so, very offensively gifted is, is Matt Pope, uh, even if he is on, on the second, third line. Uh, put some good numbers, playing alongside uh, the likes of Matt Myers as well. I think he's, he's still got a few good years. Uh, he's at his prime now, about 34 years old. <laughs> We'll see if he finishes his career in Cardiff or he has to go elsewhere after, after, after next season. Yeah, I think all three are pretty strong signings for them. Uh, three guys that all of the, I think the majority of the fan base were going to want to bring back. Andy, as you say, at the three, probably point-wise, Pope is probably up there. Um, you know, I think looking as you say, 112 games, 101 points, or so 0.9 points per game. So that's a, you know. Can't turn your nose up at a guy who's going to be putting up point, point nine points per game, particularly if he's looking second or third line on that Cardiff roster. Certainly a good player to slot in there. Um, Dixon, I know, will probably have been right at the top of the priority list for a lot of Cardiff fans. 
Um, few less points last year, 45 points from 60 games. I believe he's in Cardiff doing an NBA. Um, seems to like uh, the Cardiff area. He did an interview on uh, on Spitting Chicklets not long back, which is quite interesting. So go and have a listen to that if you haven't already. Um, but I know that, Dave, you and I were talking to a few Cardiff fans in Saltbox about Stephen Dixon and we were asking them, I think, who their most influential signing was of the, or new signing of that year. And we were kind of going down the line of Mike Hedden, Charles Lingley type area. And, and, and I think three or four of them came back straight away with, with, with Stephen Dixon, just without even hesitating. Yeah, they did. And they were kind of the, the consistent thing was he was the kind of the, the glue that got the team um, moving forward and was the, the impetus of every um, you know offensive move, um, most people, not just the ones we spoke to at the playoff weekend, but also online, <coughs> a lot of people once that re-signing was announced was you know the type of happiness, type of this is a good signing that you, you reserve for your, your top end player. So I think a lot of Devils fans were very happy with that news. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and rightfully so as well. A, a very good player um, looks very composed when he's playing out there, which is always a good thing to have. Um, you know, a uh, yeah, plus 17 as well while he's out on the ice. I know he's a forward, but um, still always like to look at those plus minus numbers. Uh, and then Matt Myers, I mean, abs- absolutely crucial guy to the to the Cardiff lineup. Does an absolutely fantastic job whenever he's out on the ice. And realistically, you can't ever turn your nose up at a guy that's still consistently putting up points. Um, you know, so many years in, uh, I mean, tw- 12 points last year in 60 games, 24 points the year before that. He's a Brit. Um, you know, he knows the league and the team through and through, uh, and, and he would have been one of the top signings for them. Um, so, yeah, a, a, fant- a fantastic pickup in all three of those for, for Cardiff. I've said this all the way through, to be fair. I mean, if I was, I've said if I was a Cardiff fan, I'd be the least concerned out of all the fan bases just because you know that Lord's going to bring it when it comes to the recruitment side of things. And again, it looks like he's doing that. He is, and it's it's they always set kind of with the new owners. They have this summit where everything's built up, um, and they announce a number of signings, which they have done, and there'll be a couple more that we'll talk about um, in due course. But like you said, you know, everyone's building their own pieces of puzzle and Cardiff were just quietly assuming their pieces and everything built up ready for this summit. And uh, in, in the three players, they've got, you know, three good players that's going to give them every chance, along with the rest of the signs that they've made, um, to get wrestle that title back off the Giants. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gref, do you want to tell us about the next? There's one more re-signing that we've got on the list in Guildford. Yeah, they've re-signed a guy that's going to be hated in France. He's loved over here. Maybe. Was... Ta- was <laughs> Allez was very... Oh, yeah. He was... Au revoir, la bleu, more like it. Yeah, more like it. It was rumoured to be going to Nottingham, but they re-signed Ben Davis. He's coming off a... Two spectacular goals in the World Championships, one past USA, and that one against France, the beautiful one. Did he score against France? Apparently so. I think he was assisted by another Welshman as well. I must have missed that goal. I think I was as well. I'm probably probably sleeping. Every chance, yeah. yeah. Every chance with you. (laughs) Yeah. Coming off a, a pretty good season as well in the Elite League, 33 points in 60 games. 
He's only a minus one as well throughout the whole season. It's, as much as everyone probably knows what Ben Davis brings to the team anyway, it's a I'd say it's a great pickup, a great re-signing for Guildford. Yeah, I agree as well. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not many times you see a Brit put up the uh, likes of points that, that Ben Davis has, so it's a very important re-signing for Guildford. I think this season is probably going to have an even better season uh, looking by the roster and players that he's going to be playing alongside. Uh, once again, you know, um, Paul Dixon doing a fantastic job in Guildford. Uh, and I can only see that they're going strength to strength. Um, yeah, what everyone's saying, I'm just looking for the highlight for me um, of uh, Ben Davis's year, and it weren't that goal. Um, but no, very good player, very utility style player. Um, but a guy, you know, you want on your side. He's he's a very good skater. Underestimated his actually skating ability. Um, you look at. I'll kind of loop breath into this one. Is you look at his actual skate, is this, you look at the skating in comparison to the other players, and he's actually one of the better skaters and the more of the cleaner skaters. And actually, in the last World Champs, a lot of people, especially the North American uh, fans, who was over, were a lot saying it was more. Um, you know, he, he skates like a North American. He's like a, like a veteran AHL guy. Um, so when you when you've got that type of skating ability. Um, and, and you're utilising it as he has done. Um, you know, it's, it all bodes well. He had a good season on the points front um, in, for, for Guildford, so it's a great signing for the Flames. Um, and like we said, we joked about it, but that goal in overtime against the, Fran- the French, and what I was saying in terms of the highlight was, for me, the highlight for the season. Um, all the the, um, the Ferrari after that overtime when it was bet bet three six five on on Twitter he was he was listed with like the greatest Welsh sportsman um, you know the likes you know Gareth Edwards uh, Joe Calzaghi you know the top end they just decided to compare him he scores one goal against the French and he's now one of the greatest Welsh sportsmen but uh, good season good couple of seasons in fairness for for Ben Davies he's been on the fringes for a while broken not the season gone the one before. And he's just carried on. It's gone from strength to strength. So, for me, it's as good a signing as um, Guildford have made so far um, all season. Yeah, I think Davies was going to be on a lot of people's hit lists, particularly after that um, after that goal. A lot of teams in the Elite League are going to be wanting to sign him, particularly obviously having that, that Brit uh, status. Uh, you know, he's 28, so he's getting into that kind of prime point of his career. Um, and, you know, he's, he's showing it. He's showing it to say to say the kind of lines and and to say kind of how he's built his way through the elite league. Uh, you know he's moved through a fair few teams as he's gone through. Um, you know last season thirty three points in sixty <coughs> games. He's, he's, he's good at over over point five points per game. Uh, you know he spread those out evenly with goals and assists. So it's going to be a good asset for Guildford and he's riding off the high of that France game as well. Definitely a a top player for them to have brought him. Uh, then I'm looking at the next on the list, unless anybody's got anything else to add about Ben Davies. I'm getting a lot of uh, shakings of the head, so we'll move on to the next. Uh, Nottingham have made a signing, or a couple of signings, should I say. Andy, do you want to tell us about those? Yeah, they have indeed. It's, uh, first of all, since from Ontario Reign of the uh, American Hockey League last 
still getting the assist in. Uh, got 17 points in 68 games. It's not too bad. Uh, it's pretty good fast and skater. Uh, very young as well, 26 years old. Uh, six foot one, so he's got some good height. And uh, 97 kilograms, so some, he can probably throw his way around as well. Uh, so it's a very, very good sign for them. Um, he's played in the last four seasons for Ontario. Uh, as you can see, he's, he's a very good quality player. Uh, before that, play in the NCAA for the University of Notre Dame. Uh, looking very good. Uh, moving on to uh, George's Golovkovs, who joined us from Millen Keynes last season. Um, last season he got 40 points in 54 games. Not, not bad at all for team like MK, especially in the struggling last season. One of their top scorers as well. Uh, he's a Latvian international. Uh, very young as well, 23 years old. Six foot as well. Um, I think that's, that's all I've got on here. I think that's all I've got on there. Fair play. I mean, I, I said it. I said a while back, um, just before these two were signed, um, that the the Panthers roster, minus a couple of players here and there, is is relatively underwhelming, and and that concerns me. Uh, just from a perspective of it's often the underwhelming teams that can have the most bite, um, and. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I still think the same. I have to say, um, you know, Sam Hare, as you say, 26 years old, six foot one. So bringing in some youth, bringing in some, you know, some height. Um, I still, left winger, put a few games up in the AHL, 193 games in the AHL. Not the best points per game, 0.21 points per game. But at the end of the day, you don't play 193 uh, AHL games if there's not something about your game. Um Looking at his penalty minutes, it doesn't look like he'd have been throwing his knuckles around too much. He got 102 penalty minutes there, so you sometimes find that obviously that's that's kind of the hook for certain players getting into the AHL. But I kind of looking at his age of being 26 and looking at his penalty minutes, you know, realistically when he's going to be breaking into the AHL, it's not going to have been that time when they were wanting a knuckle dragger. You'd be looking 10, 15 years ago to be looking at a player breaking his way in like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he wore the A for Ontario Reign last year as well, so should bring some good leadership, even as a young younger guy, 26 years old. Uh, you know, seems to be a good guy in a lot of Austin, and, and he may be one of those those hidden gems. Points percentage not being too great in other leagues, but you never know, he may shine over here. Uh, George's Golovkos, 23 years old, so again, bringing in some youth. Um, Six-foot centre. It'd be interesting to see, I mean, obviously, some KHL experience under his belt. Played in Latvia um, and played for Milton Keynes, obviously last year. Forty points in fifty-four games in a in a um, below-average team, shall we say? Obviously, Milton Keynes having some issues last year and obviously losing players quite a bit by the end. So to put up forty points in that season, you know, it's not a bad season. The flip side is if you put him on a roster with a few more players that are flourishing, is he gonna get? Is he going to kind of go under the radar, or is he going to step up into that top that that next point bracket and kind of putting up a point per game? Um, I think both are going to be a wait and see, just in terms of to see how they slot into the roster. Uh, but two two decent signings from 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 Wallace and the Panthers. I actually imagine it'll put, it should be. Um, I think it shouldn't. It? it shouldn't be. It's not Wallace that's doing the recruitment, is it? Is it Guy Doucette that's doing recruitment for them now? 
I think Doucette's doing the recruitment, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Wallace has got an input into who the entire player, especially with being his teammate last year, Milton Keynes. Um, I mean, going on to her as a signing, you know, straight from the AHL, as you mentioned, 193 games, 41 points. If you're getting that, you know, near, near enough, <coughs> a quarter point per game in the AHL, like I said, there's something about you. There's something that's giving you the, the talent and ability. So to go from there, I don't recall if he's on a, a university course or, or what <clears throat> with the Panthers. Um, um, and I think it's, it's less university. But either way, that, that's a, a type of point production that I think will do well um, in the Elite League. You know, you probably you know probably look at the second line start. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's something you know you don't get them type of games. A, if you're not good enough to games, but the points as well. Um, Golok, Golovkas, I think he'll, he'll he'll blend in to start with with the Panthers because he's going to be around, like I said, he's going to be around a, a number of players who are going to be decent in the, in that context compared to last year. All due respect to the Lightning, um, I think what they'll see is Golovkas move up the ranks and, and just excel. Um, whether the rate that he did at Milton Keynes is, is to be seen, you know, it's. it's you know, it depends on what he and how he wants to really establish himself as his um, as a pan- as, sorry mate with his Panthers career. Uh, but he's he's got the capacity, like you know, he's got the ex- the game experience and league experience to do that. So, uh, you know, Desert's looking very um, more towards the West than the East in terms of signings, and he's so far he's, he's got a couple of gems. I, I think Golovkov will be. Um, an underrated signing for the Panthers by the end of the season. And I think her is going to be one of the, uh, I'm going to go probably top 15 signings of the league next year. By all accounts, he's quite a defensive style player as well. So if he's putting it, if he's putting up quarter, a quarter of a point per game in the AHL as a defensive style player, it's, it's it not is. a bad signing. And, and like I said, 193 games, minus 26 over nearly 200 AHL games. That's good in terms of a defensive Forward role that that's good, so yeah. I, I my my mind looking at that, so, you know, unless until we see him, I'm I'm putting him in that bracket of top fifteen signings for the next season. I'd probably agree with you on that one. It it does it it looks like he's going to be pretty much a stellar signing. Although I like how you you said it was a, a youthful signing job when the guy's older than you. Well, I consider myself to be very youthful. <laughs> Shame we don't look yeah. it. Well, you know, it's the, it's the beard. I was going the wrinkles, but we'll go with the beard. Yeah. <laughs> Tough paper round. cream in for that. <laughs> Tough paper round, mate. <laughs> Definitely. What can I say? <laughs> with the, the George side in, if you can do that, what if you can replicate what you did last season on a half-decent team, and look, I look forward to it. I mean, he looked like a really good player, but last season he was a really good player in a team that wasn't that good due to off-ice stuff and players leaving. So I look forward to actually seeing him playing like a team that should hopefully be challenging. So Panthers fans would help, would hope. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm seeing. I, I just had a flick through the cage. Just 
to see, or well, through a few articles and through the cage, just to see if I could see whether he was signed on a uni deal or whether he was just um, just signed on a one year or what, what the story was with him. But uh, I can't seem to see anything with that. But a lot of people seeming to say uh, with hair whether or not he's. Some people say no, they think he's the signing of the summer. Some people say they think his stats don't look up, look up to scratch. He's one of those players that I think you've just got to you've just got to you just got to wait and wait to see him play, wait to see how he plays in the league. But the one thing that sticks in my head, and it, just the more I look at his stats, is just the more it pops in my head. Why, as a twenty-six-year-old, realistically should be about the prime of his career right now. Why is he signing from the AHL as an assistant captain to the Elite League? That just it just baffles me. You wouldn't you wouldn't have thought a player of that kind of capacity and that's maintained four years in the AHL, even like money wise, at this point wouldn't have you wouldn't have thought they'd have made such a steep drop. It just seems a bit odd. He may he may have realised already that he won't have that NHL dream that every young kid goes for. So if he can in his prime go and see Europe, get paid to see Europe, and play the game, there's a bit of a win-win situation. That kind. If he's if he's happy in his head saying I'm not going to get the NHL, you know, go abroad and see the world. You see a number. You hear that story that people just realise they're not going to make the show. So you know, get paid to see the world. I think I'm just pulling. I'm just pulling up his stats again, just to, just to see. But I think that's what Stephen Dixon did. Um, I believe his kind of line was he had a shot of getting into the NHL, playing a few games in the AHL, and then realised he was going to be playing minimal money, trying to scratch his way up to the NHL, and then just thought, you know what, I can go into the European leagues and get paid a lot more than this. And then you look at where he's played; it's like SHL, Liga. KHL, SHL again, Liga again, DEL. You just think, you know, the guy's made his money across the top leagues in Europe because he knew he wasn't going to get in the show. So fair play, and as you say, done a lot of travelling for it. So no, I get that side of things. It just, it just seems on the face of it, seems like a bit of an odd one. Oh, oh they all do when you see players, especially. I, mean, I don't recall the player of that age going from AHL, the number of games, straight to Europe. Um, so. Yeah, let's let's see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what happens. Um, we'll jump back to Cardiff for this next one, um, or next two, should I say? I'll go with these. So the first that I've got on the list is Masi uh, Majamaki. Majamaki, no idea. He's a Finnish guy, thirty-four years old, so bringing a bit of experience to the team. Six-two uh, left winger. <coughs> Uh, I mean, the guy's played a lot of games in the Liga. Uh, he's played 153 games in the AHL. Uh, let's have a look. Liga, 302 games in, Le- in the Liga, SM Liga, and then 61 games in the KHL. So, I mean, the guy's CV stands out for itself. Um, he put up 0.47 points per game in the, in the SM Liga uh, in, in just over, as I say, 300 games. So that's, that's pretty decent going in the top finish league. Um, AHL, 0.31 points per game, so over that quarter point per game mark that we were saying when we were talking about hair. Um, KHL, you know, not not as great. 12 points in 61 games, but again, so you don't you don't play a season in the KHL if there's nothing about your career. So um, 
definitely looking like a guy that's going to add some experience. He's going to add some ability to this Cardiff roster, which we already know is is already you know building up to be a good team. Um, and then the second player that we've got is, of course, a player that we'll be more familiar with, uh, Blair Riley. Uh, they've announced the signing to uh, a lot of Giants fans' uh, unhappiness, shall we say. They've announced the signing of Blair Riley. Um, again, his CV speaks for itself. Um, you know, a number of games in the AHL for a start, 330 games, but then he's played 165 games in the Elite League, 182 points, so 1.1 points per game in the Elite League. I, I, the guy was uh, definitely a player that as soon as the rumours were going out that he was going to be leaving the Giants, I don't think there was a single team's fan base that didn't want him to sign for them. I think we all expected Cardiff, uh, if we're being really honest, but should be another uh, another good addition to again, as I say, a very strong Cardiff roster again. I think the shock of the Blair Riley was actually how long it took him to announce it. It was like rumored from the playoff weekend, so it's been they've, they've dragged it out a while um, into the sign. But like I say, you know, good player, good stats in good leagues, a leader. You know, in the team like Cardiff have at the moment, with the leadership that they have, and players that they haven't announced that they've resigned if they are to resign them. It's just it's like a, it's like an um, embarrassment of riches in terms of leadership that they're going to have. Um, we all saw the job that Blair Riley did for the Giants. Um, I suspect if he's not the captain of the Devils, he'll probably would be one of the A's, and he'll probably <coughs> you know given that further leadership that just you know every so often you need just another guy to go jump on the back. I'll get you through a tough game. Um, he, he did a great job for the Giants. Um, you know. Let's see if he's going to do the same for the Devils. Um, Masi uh, Mayamka, yeah, yeah, sorry, Ma Yam Akai, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, good stats in good leagues. Um, you gave like that say, a better goal than I did, don't you? <laughs> oh, but uh, through the two games in the Liga, um, and including his playoff games, so that's like 340, 60 games were for the best team possible. Tapara Tampera. Just throwing it out there for you, Joe, because I know you're about that favourite. Our favourite team in the, in the CHL, which we'll get to talk about that soon. I'm looking forward to that, surprisingly. Um, but, you know, stats, you know, like I say, 48 points in the AHL, 12 points KHL, uh, 142 points in the Liga, 16 points in the top league in the Czech. Um, the one thing that stands out for me with him is, is this, this penalty minutes. Um, you know, okay, 152 Penalty minutes in the AHL over 153 games, 493 penalty minutes in over 300 ge- games in the league. Um, to me, suggests a bit on the on you know on the the top side as where you'd like that to be. Um, but if that's the only concern, I, I, I think this is going to be one of the the, uh, the diamonds in the rough signings that we'll see in the elite league next year. I, I get the feeling that he's going to start quietly, as in no one's going to expect anything. But by the end of the season, everyone's going to be talking about his name uh, and the impact he potentially will. If you, you don't play them leagues, like you mentioned already, you don't play there if, you, if there's nothing about you. He clearly has. So, you know, he's, he's not... He, already ha- he hasn't had that sort of razzmatazz entrance with his, his signing, but I suspect come the end of the season, that'll be the name that every Devil fan will be talking about. If they can pronounce it. If they can pronounce it. But if, if, in fairness, mate, if you see some of the villages in Wales, and if they can pronounce them, I suspect his surname will be a piece of cake. 
that's fairly true. Just before we throw it over to Gref and Andy, just one of the things that interests me is his, his bio on Elite Prospects. Uh, he says, Mario Maki is a hard-working winger with an aggressive style of playing. Uh, he can agitate his opponents and often create space for his teammates with his play. Mario Maki has decent puck skills, but he's not the greatest of skaters or scorers. So it's interesting to see because, I mean, Cardiff have an abundance, really, of scorers. They've shown that over the last three or four years. So, you know, a decent puck-playing player... It's a decent one to say, puck playing player, um, you know, that can agitate and throw his weight around a little bit. Might just be what that Devils team need just to push them up that level and give them a bit of a spark. Indeed. And also, just looking at that, um, drafted twice in the NHL. Um, so he was drafted in 2003, round two by the Bruins, uh, and then redrafted in 2005, round five by the Islanders, uh, who his sole NHL appearance was for the Islanders. And so he obviously was looked on well. Um, by certain scouts at the top level. <coughs> I was going to mention, I'm surprised that you didn't mention that he's actually played one game in the NHL for the Islanders, considering, obviously, being the Islanders fan of the group. When you mentioned it to me before it's off, off air, I'm trying to remember if I can remember what season we were. I just never could not recall him actually playing for us, so I had to troll a bit to, to see the detail. And... I also mentioned the Tapper one as well, which was a very highlight of that weekend. Very much so. Looking at his stats, uh, I won't even pronounce his surname, I'm just going to say Massa. The team he played for... I suspect you're not going to be the only person that goes down that line, mate. Pretty much. The team he played for last season in the Czech Republic actually got relegated. So that's uh, probably one of the reasons why he's actually left, because it'd probably be on a lot less money. He looks like he's going to be one that's going to be throwing himself about, so throwing in the big hits, letting Joey Martin do what Joey Martin does best and score goals. That's also with the help of Blair Riley, who played over 330 games in the AHL. And then he got 78 points. And as you mentioned before, 182 points in 165 games in the Elite League. I just wonder if he's got a clause in his contract for when he plays against you guys. And there's no, like, gifts about what we've been doing. Oh, the yes. fan who... Provoking the, fan who, the fans. Yep. We'll go with that one. And the fan who embraced his uh, love, shall we say. I have to say, I think I'm quite disappointed with how that picture didn't do the rounds. I think that had the um, potential to be the best hockey-related meme of the last 10 years, but uh, <laughs> nobody just seemed to have the... Uh... The worst thing was everyone said it looked like me, and I was sat nowhere near the guy who um, responded to his uh, retort. No, you weren't, because you were sat next to me. <laughs> before we break, before Andy gives his thoughts on the signings, Gref, you know when Cardiff are in town of Manchester... <coughs> Are you going to ensure that you're not doing the, the Cardiff player so that you don't struggle to uh, spell his surname? Oh, I, I have a, a laptop, so I'm fine. Copy and paste. I pretty much. <laughs> it's, actually, it's already built. It's already typed out for me. I just need to tick his name. Brilliant. Fair play. Yeah, um, 
me firstly, uh, Blair Riley, fantastic pick up by the Devils. I think uh, most of us knew that that was going to be the destination that was going to, uh, either Belfast or Nottingham. But fantastic for Cardiff. Uh, three seasons with Belfast, one of those in 1718, wearing the captain, the captain's his C. Um, in all those seasons, those three seasons, he's scored more points than he has, than he has games. Uh, so 1617. 18-57-53 and last season 69-60 so very very uh, consistent scoring and, and point, well, well, point scoring from Riley uh, fantastic pick up for the Devils uh, and Moyamaki is uh, it's, one of us is right and now we pronounce it we don't know which one we'll have to wait and see uh, it'll be fun <laughs> that's some great experience uh, of Europe uh, which I think will, will go very well uh, for the league. You know, he's, he's got a big ice experience as well as experience in the American Hockey League as well. Uh, they've basically done a. Uh, it's done a fantastic signing for the league. You know, uh, like like Lemchigov. Uh, well, for, um, sorry, Cardiff have just said no. Hold, hold my beer because we can sign guys like that. Like, sort of playing the KHL league are just really top clubs around Europe. Um, Jokerit as well. A very um, kind of famous team now since they started in the Liga and, and then got sort of like promoted to the KHL. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, and another great signing all in all. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Uh, like Dave said, uh, look at his penalty minutes. A very risky signing. Is he going to spend more time in the box and is the ice? I think we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, Andy, you, you may you, you brought up for me one of the key things about this signing of of, of Blair Riley. I mean, it's one of the things that you've always got to look at those players that re-sign year on year, and it's the consistency. Um, you see so many players, and, and I'll throw one into the mix. It'll be controversial among Steelers fans, but one player along uh, amongst the mix is, is Matthew Wah. I mean, he came in in the first season, absolutely destroyed it in terms of points. And then kind of declined the next season. He has that great, you know, first year. And you see so many players that come into the league have that top end first year. I'm not by no means saying that Matthew I was a bad player for the other years, but you know, you see so many players come in and, and have those good top point scoring first seasons and then dip off in the second, third seasons that they're hearing. And Blair Riley really has showed that consistency all the way through. And that's what makes him such a dangerous asset for Cardiff because he's going to be that consistent player. He's going to be that guy that's constantly putting up the points. We know what, what kind of points to expect for Riley. I never understand it when people sit there and make the spreadsheets about how many goals that people are going to score, how many assists, how many points, you know, that kind of thing. I, I I honestly wouldn't even know where to start if I was going to sit down with a spreadsheet and try and decide what kind of goals that a player is going to score. But players like Blair Riley make that kind of prediction very, very easy because you just have to look at their last year's stats and see how consistent they are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Cardiff, again, shaping up as usual to be a very, very strong contender for the league. Um, I'll answer your question about spreadsheets, mate, because them type of spreadsheet keeps forums like Steel Talk and other forums that are around there, keeps them going. It gives them something to talk about. Um, that's their purpose in life, which is this not is, much, but, you know. This is kind of sidetracking from, like, players that have signed him. It baffles me that forums even still exist in that kind of capacity. 
Besides, so that's what Twitter's for now, isn't it? You know, ninety percent uh, of the now just as bad. Well, no, it, it is just as bad. But now you see ninety percent of it on Twitter. Can you remember the days when Steel Talk was that thing where every time there was a signing, everybody was straight on Steel Talk, and there'd already be forty pages about people discussing this new signing and now you're going about a month after the signing there's two pages and it's the same people going this guy's good you Joe, just think it, this just seems quite inept now Joe I can remember when Seal Talk was good but you know that was a that was a, <laughs> that was a few years ago um, but last point about uh, Mayamake um, good player very much but can I do it on a, a cold and wet night in Dundee you know that's that's the, that's the key one If he, can he do it on the, uh, the the midweek games up in Dundee and, and Glasgow, oh. which Car- Cardiff normally get them horrible midweek games. If he could do that, I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna do well. To be fair, he played in the KHL, and by all accounts, they don't have the best time in terms of travel and uh, and that kind of thing. So, and we know what we know what those kind of areas can be like in in uh, you know in Russia and things like that in terms of weather wise. We're talking cold and wet night in Dundee, but we're talking travelling round in December in Russia in the KHL. Pretty sure it's going to be more than just cold and wet. <laughs> Icy and snowy might be the first few uh, first few descriptions. But segueing swiftly away from the KHL, um, don't want to don't want to encroach on the uh, the spitting chicklets area of uh, discussing the KHL frequently. Um, we will swing back. Uh, Dave, I'll, I'll stick with you, actually. Do you want to tell us about the Steelers' new signing? Yeah, let's go with that one. Um, James Betterer. Um, after a seven-year stint in the DL, um, has decided to come and experience the UK. Thanks to the University of Sheffield, one of the, the, with their partnership with the Steelers in getting the, in the NBA. Wash your mouth out. No. That's why. I, that's why I had Wash your to. Mouth out. That's why I had to emphasise the the partnership with the Steelers. It, it pains me to say it as a Hallam alumni um, to praise the University of Sheffield, but it brings our hockey club something good. And this player looks good. Great stats. <clears throat> um, now you're looking th- over 300 games in the DL, 106 points. Um, you know, 330 games, 228 minutes, and plus minus three. Um, would be good for like a third, fourth line forward, but this guy's a defender. He can play at football, but he's mainly a defender. So you look at him, so you go, very good, very good signing. Um, you know, he's played you know, teams in the DL, um, Osberger, Hamburg, and Straubling Ice Tigers. In fact, he may have even, I'd like to look into that one if he was in the, the Ice Tigers team that was over in Sheffield a couple of years ago for pre season. I won't, I won't, I won't, he, it looks like he played at the same time, so he may already have seen Sheffield. We didn't play Straubing. Did we play Ice Tigers? Yeah, we played Nuremberg Ice Tigers. Oh, Nuremberg, my apologies. Too many Tigers. <laughs> Let's go with that. It does seem a bit daft to have the Tigers and the Ice Tigers, doesn't it? But... No. Too, too many animals. But anyway, so ignore that part. Having said that, though, it looks a good signing. Um, it looks like he's going to strengthen the, the defensive core that Sheffield drastically needed. If you look at the areas where you'd go, even as, a, as an outsider in terms of Gref looking in, what would be the one area that you'd have to make the priority to improve? And it's the defence. Um, they've kept the brick core. They've added talent with this kid. And I suspect he will, and on a two-year deal, um, I think he's going to really tighten things up at the back. Yeah, I've 
I, one thing that when I looked at his stats, what shocked me was that normally you see Canadian major junior players go from, the, from for example, with James, he's from the WHL. Normally you see him going to like the East Coast League or the AHL. He's gone straight into the DEL. And from the looks of it, he had a pretty decent season as well. 39 games, 10 points. That's like a first-year pro. Plus seven as well. Yeah, plus seven. Plus one in the playoffs. For a first-year pro, that is very decent, especially in the DEL. He looks like, the, as you mentioned, a type of defenseman that you guys need. Because last season, I think it was defence that was well, most of your team was a bit of a letdown until you actually signed a few players. And that's coming from a, a person that's followed a team that didn't make the playoffs before you even mention it. Well, Buffalo. We'll talk about Elite League. Oh, sorry. No, but NHL as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> the longest, lo- longest play after out. So you said Manchester didn't make the playoffs? Apparently so. Well, it's a rumor. Breaking news on this MFZ podcast. <laughs> My Fantasy Zamboni, episode 36. Break news to the world. The Manchester Storm did not make the playoffs. <laughs> you heard it here first. It's the first time I've heard about this. Time's, time's 20. Is it the first time you've heard about it as well, Ander? It is, yeah. It's strange, that, isn't it? I think we need to like you know expand his uh, news feeds, because that's it. First time I've heard of this. Just keep refreshing the page. That's it, yeah. You got the NTHF. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nearly as bad as talk. There's a lot of forum talk today, isn't there? <laughs> we don't want to go down that line. No, we don't. It's yeah. a family friendly pod. It's a family friendly podcast. This one. Swerving back swiftly onto on on topic, Andy. What do you <laughs> think to James Betower? Um, Betower, a very good signing. Um, still very young, 28 years old. Um, it says on here that he, he is a deep defenseman mainly, but he can go forward if needed to. Um, very decent stats as well. Fantastic uh, stats in the DL. Hamburg, Augsburger, Straubing and Krefeld. Uh, really good stats there. Also spent time with in, in the uh, Western Hockey League uh, in the Canadian uh, junior system with Chilliwack, Prince Albert and Medicine Hat. Uh, sort of got some, some great experience there, especially at a junior level. Uh, but one thing that really intrigues me is, is looking at his stats. Um, it looks like a a young Kevin Bellabrook for me, uh, a guy who can score goals. He can create goals and not afraid to be physical and drop the gloves as well. <laughs> He's been that kind of player for quite a long time. Uh, so in in that signing, uh, Fox has done fantastic to get him on board. Again, fantastic work from the University of Sheffield, the second best university in Sheffield. Well done. Uh, yeah, just fantastic. Well, well saved. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Just like I said before, you know, uh, the signings that the league are getting are fantastic. And uh, for Fox to land him over Belfast, I, I think they had some competition with him as well. They wanted him uh, on their NBA programme as well. Uh, and of course, the CHL uh, wasn't much to tempt him. So, uh, yeah, for Tower chose Sheffield, and I think he's going to be a very um, fan favourite, especially after the highlight video that went around. Yeah. 
Yeah, if, if he's anything like Kevin Bolabuk, anything like him, he's going to do well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a two-year signing on this guy, absolutely spot on. Very interesting that they managed to sway him away from the DEL because he's got that dual that, um, German nationality. He's German-Canadian. Um, so, do you know, would have been had that extra premium as well going over to the DEL and not being considered as an import. Um, but 28 years old, getting, you know, middle middle to end of the prime of his career, to be fair. So to uh, to sway him from the DEL, the top German league over here, is a very, very good signing. Um, again, he's bio on, on elite prospects, a two-way defenseman, can play forward, owns a good shot and puck handling ability. I've heard a lot about this guy's shot. Everybody seems to talk about his shot. Um, I mean, if he's got a shot, anything like Yuri Gula had, uh, I'll be very happy because that was an absolute cannon. But, I mean, you look at the, the defence that we've got currently as a team, I mean, if Batawa's got a decent shot, that leaves Batawa, Johnson, we know O'Connor's got a good shot on the blue line. We know that Davy Phillips can rocket it off the blue line when he wants to. So already that's four out of six D men on that roster that, that can really you know, that can really put some sauce on a shot if needs be. So looks to be a very good asset in all areas. Um as you say, for a D man, not bad point production in the DEL, point three two points per game. Uh, and in 333 games in the DEL, he's got a plus minus of plus three, which is a very, very good stat. So, um, yeah, very excited to see this guy. I, I think could be the signing of the season for the Steelers. Um, but we'll have to see who else is brought in. But, yeah, an absolutely fantastic player. And he, uh, he, he certainly looks to add a lot to the team. <coughs> so then we move away from Sheffield. Only got the one sign to discuss with them. I suspect we'll see a couple more coming up soon. Uh, however, we move from them to the Glasgow clan. Gref, uh, we've got a face that's returning to the Elite League uh, and coming to play for the first time for the Glasgow clan. Do you want to tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, they've, re- they've signed Mikael Lindhammer. He's had experience in the SHL. Alsvenska. Uh, played for Dundee played for Guildford then last season he was playing for AFC Corona Brazov in the Romanian league in that league he had some brilliant stats he played 30 games 25 goals 25 assists got 98 penalty minutes as well so Pretty decent season, you could say, for him in, in the Edging Romanian league. Edging on a Gordy, how a hat trick you game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. In the playoffs, he played eight games, got nine points, got 14 penalty minutes. So, that's the Romanian league. He played in the Extra Liga as well, where he played 51 games, got 49 points, and only 59 penalty minutes in that one. But he was a plus... 18 is a, a signing that most fans in the league are going to remember from when he played for Dundee or Guildford because he is one of those he's not like the flashiest players but he knows where to put the puck and how to get onto the players take where they're going to be he's a good playmaker from what I remember seeing him off He's a pretty much a like a gritty forward. 
So he'll always work hard at getting back, which is something that Clown will definitely need. Oh, and also the today they had a, a strange one on the social media trying to play hangman, but they signed Nolan Laporte. Laporte, we'll go with that one. We'll go with Laporte. Andy says you need an accent on the E for it to be Laporte. So if it's if it is Laporte, everybody blame Andy. Yeah, blame Stafford. That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Laporte <laughs> is 27 year old, years old 5'11 right winger played in the East Coast Hockey League last season for uh, Atalanta Gladiators 38 points in 52 games 170 penalty minutes 107 sorry still that's a lot of penalty minutes for one person I would have thought he would have played for us Ooh, we'll, throw the good, we'll, we'll throw the Goon Squad joke out there straight away. Before then, played for Florida Everblades. 11 points in 22 games. Pretty decent. He's got some good NCAA experience. He's possibly going to be a player that I'll see all one from you, Joe. A wait and see player. A wait and see player. Is he going to be good? It's 50 50. I'll leave that with you. There we go. Um, Lee Dammer, um, you look at the teams he's played for, the leagues he's played, and even Junior, he's, he's been in like you know decent leagues. Um, sort of, you know, Lully is in the super elite for Junior section. So, you know, the, the, he's been in good, good, good teams and whatnot. So, that type of experience, I think, will do Glasgow the world good. Um, Points-wise, you know, probably he'll probably start between second and third. I won't be surprised if he sort of builds up and you know, pushes for that first line spot because you know, if you are if you have that experience in them leagues over you, you, you you've got something about you. Like you know, we've mentioned 154 games SHL, 219 games Alsvenska. So you're looking 360 plus games in the top two in Sweden. You know, it's not in a good hockey country, and two very good leagues. You know, you get players coming from the Alsvenska over to the league do very well. Um, so, you know. I'm intrigued. I'm not going to lie, I'm intrigued with his stats last year for Brazov. Um, I'm trying to work out getting the 81 games in and the, the 12 playoff games in in two different leagues. But uh, it looks like he you know, carried on getting the points. I think he'll be a good signing for the clan. Um, Nolan um, Laporte. We're just going to go with that because... Sticking with his guns. I'll stick with the guns. Um, like Graf said, you know, good NCAA experience. Not so, much, not so much senior league experience, but we've seen a few signings of that nature, especially sort of from the University of, of Manitoba and the other universities that have signed straight from there to the Elite League. But, you know, East Coast League, he, he looks like he'll be, you know, I'd probably start second to third, probably towards the back end, and one of them players that will work up and, you know, get his time and earn his time. Um it looks like a bit of a you know penalty minutes, 52 games last year, 107. Well, I suspect an agitator, probably the type of player that F- um, Fitzgerald, I guess someone else there, um, would like. Um, 
I think it will we'll go down well with the Glasgow faithful. Yeah, with Hammer, good re- a good signing by Glasgow um, after a, a, a recent in Romania. Um, yes, with some really good experience in the Elite League with Dundee and Guildford. Uh, Dundee, a, a, a very good few seasons, and uh, then his point production slumped off a little bit when he was at Guildford, but I can only imagine that was because of, of Guildford having a more, more offensive prowess uh, that Dundee had, so obviously some of the weight was taken off his shoulders. Still did a very good job. Uh, I mean, 50 points in 30 games, so I'm, not, I'm not sure what the quality of, of the Romanian league is, but that's, that's still some pretty good points production. Uh, great experience in Sweden as well. On to Laporte. I think he'll be a good player. Um, obviously, it's a lot of pale mates, 107 uh, last season. Um, yeah, he will be careful, I think, over here. I think, I think uh, with, with the officiating style, you know, obviously, probably won't get away with, with much as what you know, in the East Coast League. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see about that. But a good sign, nonetheless, especially straight from the East Coast League. Yeah, very good signs from, from uh, Glasgow there. Yeah, two decent signings for Glasgow. Lead Hammer, we've got a, obviously got a bit more of an idea of. We probably remember him playing for Dundee and Guildford. Had a better stint in Dundee than he did for Guildford. 18 points in 46 for Guildford. Uh, he was averaging 30, well, uh, the 35 to 40 mark in, in his two seasons for Dundee. So um, I think Glasgow fans are going to be very happy if he's putting up those 35 to 40 points in a season. Um you know, you often see those guys that come from the Swedish juniors go through the Alsvenskan and the SHL have, uh, have got a lot of speed to their game. And if memory serves me right, it's certainly the same for Leedhammer. Um, a lot of speed going down the wings. Um, he likes to play it a little bit physically. Uh, seem to remember him getting a two-match ban for checking from behind a couple of years ago. Um, and that kind of, you know, that kind of game. He plays with an edge to his game. Um it's going to be interesting to see how he plays under Fitzgerald. Obviously, you look at um, you know Fitzgerald as a first-time coach, bringing in a guy that likes to play with that physical edge, that speed, that experience. He's going to be a big help on on the bench. Um, and as I say, I think you know if he can keep up that kind of point six points per game mark, they're going to be very happy with that. Uh, and then we go to Laporte, Laporte, however you want to phrase his name, we'll call him Nolan. Um, <laughs> again, I mean, it's difficult to say with this guy. I mean, he's got no, he's got no bio on elite prospects. He's got no picture on elite prospects. Um, he's 27, so again, we should be getting towards the kind of the peak of his career. A um, couple of seasons in the ECHL. Uh, you know, getting there in the points, but, but you know, production 0.5, 0.6 points per game. So. Relatively decent. Um, as you say, but I mean, you, you've got to look at those penalty minutes. I mean, 139 games, 208 penalty minutes in the ECHL. If he's going to be a guy that's going to be sitting in the penalty box a, hell, a lot, then he's going to be no good to them. I know that sounds relatively obvious, but, um, you know, he ain't going to be putting up point six, seven points per game in the Elite League if he's sitting in the penalty box all the time. Um, but, you know... I, I, again, I, I say he, he's played one game in the AHL through 139 games in the ECHL, so he's still building up his career, building up through those leagues. You know, he's not got that AHL experience behind him that some of the players we've discussed today have. Uh, but we, I, it sound like a broken record, but we just got to wait and see how he fits into that team. Wait and see how he fits to fits his kind of coaching style. Um, you never know. Again, these kind of players that kind of come in as a bit of an unknown, come in with those kind of not 
excellent stats but not poor stats just kind of go on the average kind of you know go below the radar as the kind of they're not the ones to watch they can often strive when they've not got that pressure on them so this could be he could be a guy that comes in and does a, does a seriously good job for Glasgow um we've just got to see how the season pans out uh unless we've got anything add to add to Glasgow anybody seeing some uh, some shaking heads so we will move from Glasgow to Coventry Andy do you want to tell us about who Coventry have signed yeah, Coventry have signed Matt Polkamp from the Reading Royals in the East Coast League. Uh, obviously, he joins his brother Chris on the Coventry roster. That's why it's not so bad in the East Coast League. Uh, last season, eight points in 14 games with Reading Royals. Um, not a lot to really shout about there. But the season before that, the uh, South Carolina Stingrays, 27 points in 51 games. And then the season before, uh, with Rob City Mallards. 44 points in 70 games. He is 26 years old, still very young. He's uh, a right winger, six foot, and 90 kilograms as well. Um, yeah, so looks a pretty decent sign. Yeah, you look at um, his stats. It's we we've mentioned a few times in when we've gone through the um, the arrivals lounge that Coventry need. Um, their last sign is he to be their top line now he has decent stats in the East Coast for a guy who's, who's, who's had 100 games plus in the East Coast is he the guy that's going to be their top three no no not at all um, now whether that that's one or two things whether that the budget <coughs> there, and that that's not a slur on the blaze that's just you know, the cards that um, Danny Stewart's got to play with, or that he's, this is a strength signing. If it's a strength signing in terms of more depth, it's a very, very good signing. He'll give, you know, that's additional depth that the Blaze didn't have last year. Um, if it's a hope and prayer that this is going to be one of your top players, very much wait and see. Um, yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's you know, he could be again a diamond rough. I'm not. I'm not sure, sure though. I'm hoping just on his stats alone. And you, okay, you, you can't read too much into that. Um, but you hope it's a depth signing to, to give the Blaze something addition to what they didn't have last year. Um, but you know, he gets to play hockey with his brother. You know, and then you've seen a couple of interviews already where they've they've always enjoyed being either on the same team or on the same ice where they just you know they raise the game tenfold. So. You know, if worse comes to worse, at least the uh, the commentary fans have uh, a couple of players that will be trying to outdo each other. So that you know, bodes well for him in that context. Yeah, as you mentioned, it really is a, a wait and see sign. It's stats-wise, 144 games in the East Coast League, 82 points, which was 0.57 points per game. Not too bad. He's only got 30 penalty minutes as well in those 144 games. So he's not going to be one that's going to be taking silly penalties. I'd agree with you both on he's not going to be their out and out point scorer. They're Ben Lake type player that they're going to miss this season. It's, I'd say, he's more second line possibly than. First line potential. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, if if I if if we were signing a guy like this in Sheffield, I'd be hoping to see him on the third or fourth line. That's that's my kind of my kind of thing with Coventry at the minute. I just think, as, I, as I've said it before, as Dave said, Coventry need some point scorers. And this guy is not going to be the point scorer that they need. I'm not by any means saying that he's not going to score the points. He has all the potential to be able to put a decent point amount up. Very, very similar stats, actually, to Laporte in terms of his points per game in the ECHL. Um, Difficult guy to read stat-wise in terms of that. Uh, I think it's 0.57 points per game that he put up in the the ECHL. So, not bad going. Um, Let's have a look. That was in 144 games, so not bad going. 30 penalty minutes, so significantly less than Laporte has got for uh, for Glasgow um, in the ECHL. But I just think that this team just really, really needs something to give them that kick. They, they don't have a player that, if I was a Blaze fan right now, you don't have a player that I'd be going, I want that guy's jersey. You know, they don't have that guy that I'm looking at and going, this guy is going to take him up a notch. And I I don't like to say it because, as I say, I, I think back to kind of the time when Coventry were a team that were constantly contesting for, for that league title. And you just think at the moment, it's just still not there. But then at the same time, very, very youthful team. Average age is 24.88 years, if you believe uh, elite prospects. But they've got three guys over the age of 27. Uh, so they're going to need, for me... They need a top one or two top point scorers, guys that are going to put up a point per game. They need to replace Ben Lake and Nicky Forrick in that category. They need a, a, a one or two guys that are going to be that little bit older, 30, 31 years old. They need a bit of experience to push that team through. And the one pivotal point other than a point scorer for this team is obviously we don't know who their starting netminder is at the moment. Um, so a lot, to, a lot to kind of see about Coventry. Paul Camp... Good signing, and I think we've said before when you look at the team that they had last year, they've improved in every area, but they haven't replaced their point scorers yet, and that's what's really going to hurt them if they don't do that soon. Um, that's that's my take on Paul Camp. It seems very negative. It's not a reflection on him. I actually think he'll be a good addition to the team. Uh, I hope he's not going to be one of those guys that kind of ducks out halfway through the season or that kind of the season ends and then, you you, you know, he's kind of forgotten. You like to kind of think that, that this type of player that's coming in at, the, at that kind of age, still wanted to try and build up his career. You kind of want to think that this guy is going to have something about his game. So I hope that's the case for him. But we'll have to see how he gels. His brother's there as well, which Dave, as you say, can often take to that next level. So hopefully it, help, it works out for him. But... If I was a Coventry fan, I'd be getting very concerned until I started seeing some point scorers going onto that roster. And that roster is getting very full. So I, I can see they've got, from what I can see in the players, uh, you know, listed, they've got three lines straight already. So if they're going to play four line hockey and they sign three top point scorers, then fair play. But currently, they ain't got those guys on the team. Um,. The last player, unless anybody has anything else to add about Coventry. The last player that we've got on our list, got, got his way through all 13, um, is a signing for the Belfast Giants. It's a signing that has had their fans very, very excited. It's particularly uh, <coughs> something they probably needed. Don't cough when I'm talking. Rude. Sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Terrible. Uh, I'm not even, actually. 
Well, don't say you're sorry then. That's even worse. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> now, this is a guy that this is a signing that I think the Giants fans needed after finding out they were losing uh, Blair Riley. Uh, it is Matt Pellick or Pellic. I'm presuming it's Pellick. Um, Toronto born. 31 years old, so he's uh, he's getting on a bit, brings that experience, and you can see why when you look at his stats. 425 games in the AHL, 0.13 points per game, um, so not going to put a load of points up. He is a defenseman, I think he can play forward as well, but from what I read in the articles, he's going to be playing defence for the Giants, so doesn't necessarily need to be putting those points up, and if he's putting up 0.1, 0.2 points per game in the AHL as a D-man, you know, he should have some potential to put the points up in the in the elite league. Fifteen games in the ECHL with eleven points per, uh, with eleven points, so it's point seven three points per game in the East Coast. Not a lot of games to compare that on, but I'd, I'd be expecting to see him put a few more points up in the elite league. The one absolute highlight point of his CV, the one thing that stands out to me more than anything else. In 425 games in the AHL, this guy has had a hunt with 1,153 penalty minutes. That's crazy. Um, and I mean, even last year, 40 games in the EBEL, 118 penalty minutes. Year before that, 50 games in the DEL for uh, Ingolstadt, 116 penalty minutes. Year before that, EBEL, the Graz 99ers. 139 penalty minutes in 48 games. I said earlier on that the thing that makes Blair Riley the most dangerous for the Devils is the consistency in points. Um, the only consistency about this guy's game appears to be in his penalty minutes. Um, I don't know how that'll fit in in this league. I really don't. I, I'm interested to see, and I really hope that we're going to start seeing a, a fighter come back. Uh, you know, start seeing that role kind of resurface. Um, I presume that's kind of one one edge that Adam keeps going for with this. Um, I can't see any other reason why you'd be signing a guy with quite so many penalty minutes. But you know, looks to be a solid enough D man. Um, you don't play again in the NHL or AHL if there's something about your game. My concern is that the thing about his game that's got into that level is the fighting and is the physical play rather than his defensive ability. If that's the case. He's not going to do a great deal in the Elite League. Uh, me personally, I think you missed out the the proper highlights of his uh, resume. And everything is that he's actually his brother plays for the Islanders um, for the last two and a half years. Um, but moving that, on well, from that, that, that wouldn't be the highlight of his career, though, would it? That would be the highlight of his brother's career. Well, you know, you look up to your brothers, don't you? Um, or oh, allegedly. Um, but looking <laughs> at, look at his stats, um, like you say, it's very physical. His last four years, 100-plus penalty minutes. Um, in, he's played two seasons EBL, and both seasons most penalised. Um, so I, I suspect that he will get to know the referees by first-name terms very quickly. However... 400-plus games in the AHL on, as a defenceman, minus 38, is good. You know, you, you, you don't survive in that number of games. Whether you are there for, to fight or not, you'll still get ice time, however minimal it is. To have that type of record is decent. DL, minus 15. EBBL, two seasons, plus two. So, you look at the leagues that are more comparis- comparative to the Elite League, I think he will... 
he'll not only be a very he'll be like that brick wall type defenseman that if you want to get points uh, as a forward you're going to make sure there's ice packs on the bench ready for you because it's, it's like years ago like we mentioned Bollybrook it was a line of Bollybrook and Munn when they played for the Steelers and you knew as a forward if you were against them if you wanted anything make sure there's ice packs because you're going to know you've had a shift against these two because they're going to make sure that you earn any points you get because they're going to hurt you they're going to play that role and I just look at this guy and I see that <coughs> in his minutes that he'll be the same probably no, I think it is a, a bit of a replacement for like a Vandermeer type player so you know, good league experience. Probably do a good job in the Giants. And, you know, let's see if he, uh, if, if he has any dance partners to uh, have a few fights this season. Looking at his penalty minutes, that reminds me of, like, Deeds. When he was played in our league, that's a, a lot of penalty minutes. Just for clarification, did, you mean Didier Mete? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, not everyone's of Manchester I was going to say not, everybody, not, not everybody's in with this clique of Manchester names <laughs> like. we can't you quite stick it out how the names work that's not the argument we're having though is it no but I'm just throwing it out there with the evidence <laughs> you are a lawyer after all evidence thrown out uh, fair enough <laughs> <laughs> sorry he was Drafted first overall. Uh, he's not. Drafted first overall by Calgary Frames in the the, thir- the same he was, year. He was drafted that, first round. He wasn't drafted first overall. No. I presume so, that's what you mean. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to correct you, but you, <laughs> there's a significant some, difference between first round and first overall. <laughs> first round here. Yeah. I mean, first overall was some player called Sidney Crosby. Don't know who he is. Yeah, I know. Who was that guy? No idea. Now Bobby Ryan, I know. Yeah. Uh, that, looking at that draft year, it's pretty decent. I mean, you had like Andy Kopitar as well, who me and Dave absolutely love. <laughs> Just looking at, he looks like a player that's going to be throwing the big hits throwing punches I mean when they play against the clan I'm going to assume him and Springer will probably have a a fair few dances you could say yeah it looks pretty good to me um, as as Dave said he's the brother of Adam who has just signed a new two year contract with the calendars uh, looking at the info just about him I mean just to give you the heads up Andy if you can hear me your, your, your Wi-Fi appears to have gone um, in, in his first season in, in Puck's first junior season in 2002 with the Vaughan Kings Manor Midget Triple A. Uh, he's about 13, 14 years old. 113 penalty minutes. At that age. That's incredible. Uh, as you can tell from very very young age, he was built to be that sort of player. Uh, and he's he just stuck to it. Uh, but he still managed to get some quality resume 
uh, NHL, AHL, East Coast, DEL, EBL, some st- still some good quality <laughs> that he's played in. Um, he's just never really found his feet uh, in North America, but he's come to Europe and done a pretty good job. Uh, I think he'll be similar uh, points-wise to, to Batawa. Um, I, I think he'll be able to support some points, but also obviously be, be a very physical guy. Uh, my only concern is obviously will uh, will Dops love him? Uh, and is he in terms of you know playing uh, minutes? Is he a bit more than Belfast could really chew in terms of in terms of that signing? That's going to be the interesting bit is is to see how he how he does under Keith as a coach as well because you've got to keep in mind that. You know, Keith was that agitator player that had dropped the gloves. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he coaches him, whether he lets him loose, whether he keeps him on a short leash. It, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it just baffles me the, the number of uh, the number of fights that this guy's got. It really, really does. Um, I mean, he's six four and two hundred and nineteen pounds, so he's got some height and weight behind him. But my God. I seem to remember as well. I, 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 you guys might have seen this. I don't know. I, I believe he's also for Adam Keith as well. Is that right? I think nobody's saying anything, so I'm presuming that's they it. They have. I'm, I'll take your word for that one. I think so. I'm sure somebody. I'm sure somebody shared it um, the other day on Facebook um, that he fought Adam Keith, which is <laughs> make for an interesting dynamic. But uh, yeah, I. I think he's a good guy to have. Yeah, I've just found it on YouTube. I think he's a good guy to have on the team. Um, that's my only concern is I just think he's if he's going to be one of those guys that comes with the AHL, NHL background, just thinks, oh, I'm going to throw my weight around, sit a 10-minute misconduct and then get benched for the rest of the game. You know, we saw enough of that with Kevin Kevin Westgarth and he did do a great deal for the uh, for the Giants. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it'd be interesting to see. I, I don't want to put a downer on it because he's he's my kind of player. I, you know, those those kind of players are always interesting to see. I just, I'm, it's not a player that I'm going to get excited for until I start seeing him do something on the ice rather than just sit in a penalty box. I've something as well. Uh, awards by season 2005, Ontario Hockey League most penalised player in the playoffs. 2016, EBEL most penalised player. And 2018, you guessed it, EBEL, most penalised player. That made me chuckle a bit. Yeah, it's always a great accolade to see a player that you've signed being the most penalised player, isn't it? It's always <laughs> really uh, a statement of intent, I think. Um, moving on then from the airport lounge, and unless anybody's got anything else to add. Um, yeah, uh, I might just go through the departures. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. If, Okay, uh, Charles Corcoran has left Dundee Stars to go to Leon. Uh, Tommy Hughes has left Nottingham Panthers to go to the Hershey Bears in the AHL. Mike Hammond has been swooped up by Gore Nielsen uh, from Manchester to the Lausitzer Fuchs. Uh, Mike Hedden from Cardiff has gone to Allen Americans in the East Coast League. Kevin Henderson from Nottingham Panthers is retired. Uh, and Ricard Belzins has uh, left five to go to HK Kerbad, which of course Steels played in the last uh, in their last Continental Cup um, group stage. So I think that Mike Hammond one is definitely the one that will um, 
will stand out for most people. I don't think Griff, you were saying to me you didn't think he was going to go back to the Storm the other day. I don't think Storm fans will be surprised. I think I think other teams in the league will be disappointed because he would have been a good guy to swoop up. But, you know, DEL2 is a good slot. His performances over the last two years for Storm and this year for GB, he put himself well and truly on the market for a good contract somewhere else. Um, so, you know, the best of luck to Hammond. Hopefully he has a good season. We'll see him in uh, Lausanne next year. Yes, exactly. Um, anybody else got anything to add for the airport lounge or are we good to move on? No, the gate's closing. The gate is closing, final call. Okay. It's not actually the final call, though, is it? When you go to an airport, they say final call about 50 times before they actually leave. Um, sorry, random comment, but hey-ho. Um, a couple of things before we end the podcast this week. The first and I really hate to say it, is that I actually really like one of the Cardiff jerseys this year. Um, <coughs> Cardiff have announced their three jerseys for the year. I uh, believe it was also in their summit uh, that they announced that, along with however many players they announced. Um, the red and the white, not too dissimilar to previous jerseys, I don't think. I'm not a Cardiff fan, so I wouldn't be able to say for certain, but they look like very kind of standard designs. It has to be said, the black jersey is a thing of beauty. And I hate to say that as a Steelers fan, looking at a Devils jersey, but wow. That's a nice jersey. It's, um, they've got like the, the skyline, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Cardiff, but they've got the skyline at the bottom and it just, just looks clean, but, but nice at the same time. It's not like it's just loads of adverts or you know sponsorship, which is not a bad thing, but it's just clean, it's just smart, it's a, it's a nice jersey. I love the way they've used the red as well, though. It's like a sunset. It, it like really, yeah. really sets the backdrop. It's honestly, if, if you haven't seen them already, find a picture. We'll we'll look to try and tweet out the picture so that people can see it. But you need to see this picture because it honestly, as I say, the red and the, the red and the white jerseys for a non-Devils fan are just a very standard jerseys as far as the design goes. You know, different colour shoulders, main colour jersey, logo, sponsors job done you know nice and simple nice and easy not over complicating it but then the black jersey is just honestly i will tweet out the picture just so that you can see if you can't find it but yeah it is a, it is a thing of beauty i was going uh, to say i, I think we must share a love of, of the skyline scene uh, you know uh, dinamo riga had that skyline scene uh rebel munich a couple of years ago but now it's something we share a love on uh, it is it, it just makes the jersey unique it gives it that locality, doesn't it? It gives it that personality of where it's from. Because jerseys are jerseys in the respect of, you know, you can have a Pittsburgh-style jersey, but for another team. Because, you know, Guildford, in all fairness, is the old Calgary Stroke Atlanta Flames jersey. But once you put that skyline on, it makes it personal to that area. Um, and mm. like I say, you know, we, we all like the Diana Riga jerseys and the Munich jerseys. Um, you know, not that we have either of the jerseys in our own collections. Yeah, well, what, what can we say about that? Um, I believe another one was, I believe Creffield Pengu- Penguin did it as well in on their jerseys at one point. There's definitely a DEL team that, uh, that wasn't Munich that had quite a nice skyline on their jersey, but I can't find it now. I'm, just, I'm quickly flicking through and I can't seem to see it. But yeah, I always like the skyline job. And, it, and it, it's quite easy to do quite a bog standard 
boring skyline. You know, it's quite easy to just make it kind of not, you know, an attempt at a feature that just kind of fails and becomes quite a boring addition to a jersey. But Cardiff certainly have battled that, and it really, I, I am well. I am baffled. But there are a number of European jerseys that we've all talked about that are beautiful and are nice. Um, you know, in all the leagues in Europe, there's some teams that really do have some outstanding jerseys. Yeah, they certainly, they certainly are. The KHL in particular have a uh, a number of lovely jerseys. Dina Mariga is one of my personal favourites, but... One of my favourites from the KHL is the, the Diana and Moscow one, but not the normal one. It was one with it was like a polo top, and it would it just it was just basically had the D on the chest of it, but it just looked like it was a very small collar, and it just resembled a polo top, but it was a hockey jersey. And I'm just like that, that's just completely well and truly out of the box. It was nice. <coughs> one one that I would like to see it happen. I don't think it will. And we we are going significantly off track with this conversation about what jerseys are nice. But um, one thing that I think it would be great to see, and it's actually a name that my dad suggested for the actual team, uh, is the Seattle NHL team. Um, and my dad actually said he thought the Seattle Skyline would be a good a good name for the team. But um, it is, yeah, I mean, you look at the Seattle skyline in comparison to a lot of others and you see the, uh, it's very iconic. And I think, you know, can you imagine if you got some NHL teams with the skyline on the bottom? Yeah. Just as that kind of, can you imagine if, if you got the Seattle skyline with that? I don't even know what the building's called, to be fair. Somebody help me, please. Oh, the, oh the, Space uh, Needle. I, yeah. Space Needle. Can you imagine if you had the Seattle skyline with that Space Needle? On the jersey. On the jersey, yeah. It looked fantastic. Maybe we need to throw it out on, on our social media front and see what people's favourite jerseys are. Yeah, I think so. That'd be a good shout. We'll throw that out on social media as well, if I remember, which I probably won't. <laughs> we'll remind you in the morning. Please do. Please do. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about just before we move on, uh, just before we end the podcast, I'll move swiftly on from jerseys because... The four of us know how long the four of us could spend talking about jerseys, and it's uh, I don't think people want to hear us drone on about that for any longer. Um, but the one other thing that I want to talk about just before we go is the role of a fighter in a hockey team now. I'm seeing a lot of Steelers fans saying that they think that we're going to get bullied. The phrase bullied again is one that keeps getting thrown around. I don't think particularly that we got bullied last year. I just don't think we had a team that was up to scratch last year. I think if we're saying that our team got bullied, I think it's quite a scapegoat for how poor we actually were last season as a team. But I, I, looking at the roster this year, I want to see if you guys think that the role of the fighter is kind of making more of an appearance in the Elite League again. Um, obviously, we had Springer last year. There weren't that many other out-and-out fighters. Obviously, we had Josh Gratton, but then he left, didn't he, and, and things like that. So, But then all of a sudden, you look at this year, where we've got Matt Pellick, we've got Springer, you've got Gagnon coming back into the league. Obviously, Lapine's still playing for the Panthers. You know, Maybe he's going to have a couple of dance partners this year and go, and go a few more times. Do we think that we're going to see the gloves drop a few more times this season than over the last couple, like two or three seasons comparatively? On to two in two part one, I think we will see a few more um, fights uh, throughout the year. And in fairness, I recall looking somewhere that the actual average fight per game 
throughout the season actually increased over the past two years. The number of fights, uh, so the average was increasing. But just to answer the point, what obviously brought in with the Steelers fans saying that we'd be bullied. Um, quick question: Has the Steelers roster been finalised? No. So then, how can any fan with any you know nows can say that with some form of clarity without well, knowing I, the, without the, knowing the full roster? The the majority comment is, has been we ha- I hope that we're signing a fighter or because we don't want to get bullied. It's not which a case is, of we which are is going a different, to. I've I've seen a few comments though that's gone down there. We're going to be bullied line. So like, how how can you say that? And it'd be the same for any other team. If that team's roster's not finalised, can't say that. If it's finalised and it looks a bit weak, because I know a lot of Nottingham fans are very concerned of the same thing. You know they're concerned it's very traditional European in terms of not very physical skill <coughs> and having that potential to be bullied without knowing the full roster and I, I think Sheffield's got about four maybe four or five roster spots available who knows Sheffield's is uh, quite hard to read because we've got quite a lot of Brits that I suspect we'll see in the, on a two way with the Steel Dogs next year so I think I think if Sheffield wanted, they could have a complete roster or pretty much complete well, roster. Well, they have, they, have, they have said one thing, and I kind of segued a little bit, is that the, the Brit players who doesn't make the team, so they're all going to be on two ways with the Steel Dogs, um, they're going to be playing for them. And I've got to say, thank goodness for that, that it's finally, after all this time, this the one city, so out of two, <coughs> actually go a team in the same city from each rung, Finally talking, finally working together, finally having that complete path from start to finish. Well, personally, I'd be expecting to see uh, Kieran Brown, Alex Graham, Brendan Whistle as the first three that get put on a two-way deal with them. I, I, I don't think on current roster that are, uh, any of those three players have got a, a, a permanent spot on the roster. I like to think that Cole Shudra has got a spot on the fourth line. I think that experience in MK gives him that bit more of a USP compared to the others. But uh, yeah, I'd go with them in in that respect. But from the angle I was saying that, I think it's just it's about time that you've got the two coaches saying, you know what, forget what's happened in the past. Let's work together. And you have you know yeah. let's have that let's have that team Sheffield from start to finish as a junior or rec player going into the first run with the. Um, I can't remember what the, the MHL 2 team is. I think it's the Senators. Moving to the Steel Dogs, to the Steelers. That's how it should be. This city, in terms of Sheffield, has that. And finally, all the gates are open. <laughs> if you want it, it's there. But you've got to work for it. But it's there, finally. Hallelujah. It, it's twofold improvement on last year in particular. Because we spent so many podcasts last year talking about how we need a league to bridge the gap between the NHL and the Elite League, and we, we talked about, uh, in relation to players like Kieran Brown, and the kind of deficit that it's going to cause him in his career, if he's having to make that massive jump, and go from a league that's pushing him like the Elite League, to a league where he's putting two or three points on the board a game, and it, you know, we've we've now, A, got that, that interim league, got that league that's going to bridge the gap, and then B, not having to send him down to Blackburn, or, you know, somewhere else down south, we can send him to the team across the road. We yep. can bring players across from the, you know, from across the road. No, absolutely. There was a number of talking to a couple of friends who who watched the Steel Dogs and the the Sheffield Academy, as it were, a lot more than than the Steelers. The same that there was a number of players who, with the opportunity and their correct work ethic, can knock on the door to make 
and push for that fourth line at Steelers. So, yeah. you know, a- any team who has all in the same city would cry for it. The, the Nottingham could potentially have that, but I, for me, you know, as someone who lives in Sheffield who follows Sheffield hockey, just thank goodness for that. Thank but goodness not, it's finally happening. Nottingham have, have, have utilised it as well, though, because that's what they've done with Sam Gospel, isn't it? They've they've kept Sam Gospel on some kind of deal in that he can come up and play for the Panthers if they need, but he's going to be playing regular ice time. It leads that Gospel's gone to. The, he's, yeah, he's signed for the Leeds Chiefs. That's a horrendous name, but the Leeds Chiefs. <laughs> it's it's certainly different, but they've uh, they've got a, a few people who are well known in Sheffield hockey circles helping running their team. So. Oh, I think that'll be all right this season. Maybe, maybe worth a trip up there to see one of the games, just see what it's like, see what the Leeds hockey f- uh, fan base is about. You're suggesting Sheffield lads go to Leeds? It's called education, mate. It's called education. Well, you know, can I take a bottle of Hendo so I don't have to drink Liam Perrins? Uh, why not, mate? I said that as if I just sit at home drinking a bottle of <laughs> <laughs> Henderson's relish. <laughs> I think that's the point to uh, to swiftly end on that image of us just downing bottles of Henderson's relish. Um, so, yeah, well, uh, you know, unless anybody's got anything else to add, I think that does bring us to the end yeah. of, of, of the episode. I, heard yeah, I was going to say, um, there you go. I think there will be more fighting uh, this season, uh, judging by Pella Cologne. Otherwise, uh, if no one's got a toast to him, he'll, he'll be staring out his, his own teammates. So, you know, like a, a, a Sanford Batuzo kind of yeah. training scrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think there will certainly be more more fighting this season. Um, on the subject of the uh, two-way steel steel logs, it's something that should have been done a long time ago, a long long time ago. And uh, I think every every team in the elite league should do it. Now, uh, Nottingham Lions should have an affiliate with the Panthers. Uh, Belfast Giants maybe affiliate with Belfast City Bruins one of their one of their lower end teams over there and what it's going to do is it's going to bring competition for the British for the British players so it can bring that competition so if you've got one player in the lower league that's performing decent really really well you get a chance to be at a top level see how we do and send down the, the Brit that hasn't been doing as expected or not been putting the, put, doing you know what what was it's better of him it just gives that competition between the Brits, and I think that's only within a few years, 10, 10 or so years, it's going to improve the British uh, international system. Uh, so I think every team should have some sort of, of affiliate like the NHL, AHL does. Uh, so it's a fantastic stepping stone to see that uh, you know the dogs and the seagulls have managed to get a, a deal sorted. Uh, I think it's, it's great, and every team should follow from it. Griff? I don't really have anything to touch on that. I mean, I think there is going to be a good good amount of fighting this this season. I mean, hopefully not at Altrincham, just because it means more work for me. This is true. This is true. But I'm actually quite... I'm quite surprised as well that it took this long for you guys to get the affiliation with the Steel Dogs. It's been a while. 
Yeah, it has. It's certainly been a long time coming. <coughs> so, anybody got anything else to add, or are we just about done with episode 36? What do we think? I think we're done. <coughs> I'm starting to cough now as well. Say again, that's rude. I've got a rumour, if that's all right. Go for a rumour. I'd completely forgotten about the rumours, so go for it. If one, I've got one. Go for it. Again, again if, if you think it's uh, some truth in it or not, just obviously just let us know what you think. But Robbie Bayarjan to five flyers, who, who played for Milton Keynes last season. Uh, he got 47 points in 50 games. Fair play. We will put that out on social media. We will let you guys decide whether Andy's talking out of his backside or whether there's some substance to that rumour. Um, while we're on Twitter polls, I don't know if you guys talked about this last week while I, while I uh, wasn't here, but um, we did a poll from Facebook as well, actually, uh, regarding... Who was it now? I'll just get the poll up. Was it, it the Gleason Fournier one? That was the one. Gleason Fournier. Thank you. I was trying to think of his name. I nearly said Bentivoglio. And we we did a poll of, was Gleason Fournier um, the best player in the EIHL in the 2018-19 season? We got a whopping 946 votes on the poll. And the results couldn't really have been any closer. The results were... 48% yes, 52% obviously no. So that was 493 people voted no, 453 people voted yes. Couldn't really have got much closer than that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who, who who these top players are this season. I honestly have no idea looking at the, uh, the lineup. I expect Fournier to be up there again. Um, I wouldn't expect Ben Lake to be up there again. That would be the, the kind of different going on the patterns of last year I don't think Lake will shine on the on the Belfast side like he did um, last season for Coventry but we'll have to see uh, but for now that does bring us to the end of a podcast it's about four times I've said it now so we'll end on that um, so Andy thank you very much sir thank you very much Joe thanks Dave thanks Greth thanks for listening yeah thank you Greth thank you very much good luck in finding your front teeth Thank you, Joe. Good luck with your, your marriage. I mean, you're doing well so far. It's almost been a week. Thank you very much. Doing well so far. Five days into marriage, you're doing, you're doing well so far. <laughs> and, I agree with uh, you. Five days, I think, he's done very well. <laughs> and Dave, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much to you, Joe, Greff, Andy. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for those listening. Um, just to very quickly throw in, if people want to get in touch with us, um, on Twitter at MFZ Podcast, at Facebook, My Fan Samboni Podcast, and let us know your favourite jersey or the best signing you think is going to be so far this year. And on that note, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much to everybody for listening. Dave's just done my job for me and plugged the social media, so it makes it nice and easy to end on. Um, but thank you for another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. We will hopefully have another episode soon. Obviously, we've, we had a bit of a break before the last episode, uh, mainly caused by uh, poor Wi-Fi, I believe, was the uh, was the key cause. Um, so hopefully, we seem to be pretty much through that, other than I think we had a couple of breaks on Andy's, Andy's signal. But other than that, we seem to be okay this week. So touch wood, we can keep that going and that momentum going. 
hopefully if we're going to be having 13, 15 signings a week, I don't think we can really afford to have two or three weeks off. Uh, so hopefully we'll have another episode next week. But thank you to everybody for listening uh, to another episode of my Fancy Zamboni podcast.